Welcome in to yet another episode of Der Ausblick, potentially the last one where the title hasn't been decided yet, but we will get to that one later. We are joined by Tom Adams and Chuck Smith, as always. Guys, we have a big game coming up this weekend against Borussia Mönchengladbach, and I'm just going to jump right into it. We look at this Borussia Mönchengladbach team. They are currently sat in fourth in the Bundesliga table. They are currently behind RB Leipzig and Borussia Dortmund and then us. They're behind Leipzig by only three points where they have a 17-win, five-draw, eight-loss record with 56 points there ahead of Bayer Leverkusen who has the exact same record on goal difference and that goal difference is going to be one of the biggest problems this Bayern Munich team has to face they have a three-headed attacking Hydra in their offensive half with uh, Lillian Taram's son Marcus Taram, Alessandro Playa, his countryman, and Brielle Mbolo who is on loan from I believe Schalke uh who do you think, out of those three, is either going to be the most surprising or the one that will have the biggest impact on the game? We'll start with Chuck. Well, Turam has really been the, the I would say, the most effective player of that front three for Mönchengladbach this year. Although I do like Playa, play all Playa, but he has absolutely uh, not been... Uh, the force that he was last season. I think really last year he caught us all a little bit by storm. But now, I mean, Turam has come on and he's really been the one that I look to when I watch Munch and Gladbach. He's the one that catches my eye and he's the one that I look to to make a play when they need it. And I just think that this season he's been their best forward. And I think that, uh, you know, Mbolo is a nice player, but just not quite as effective as uh, Playa or Turam has been this season. Yeah, I think Marcus Taram has just been the absolute main man for, for Gladbach this season. And I think uh, in all the matches that Gladbach has played since the Bundesliga's restart, I think he scored something like four or five uh, of their goals. I mean, he's a man that's absolutely on fire uh, right now for the Foles. But, you know, as a whole, Gladbach are kind of kicking themselves because of, you know, not being able to beat Werder Bremen, tying them nil-nil at the Weserstadion. Uh, as we saw, losing to SC Freiburg 1-0 at the Schwarzwaldstadion. Um, and actually, it'll be kind of beneficial for us because I believe it was Playa who got the red card, so he won't be available this weekend against Bayern. Um, so as much as a threat as he can always be uh, for Gladbach, we'll have to be very thankful that he won't be involved. And I believe even Mbolo is going to be missing this one through injury. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Marco Rosa throws at us. Um, I would think maybe he would try moving Lars Stindl up a little bit because I think he can play in an advanced role. Um, perhaps Raphael aside of him. I think they're still missing Zakaria um, in the center of midfield. So he's had some difficult decisions to make, but I really think Turam's going to be that danger man, and he's going to be the one we have to keep our eyes on to uh, you know, contain for 90 minutes plus. I guess that's why I haven't seen a lot of uh, Alessandro Playa and Brielle Mbolo highlights recently. They've been suspended and injured throughout a lot of it. Now we're going to cut back to their midfield, who also deserves a lot of recognition. They've also contributed a lot to the success of this team. One of the people, Tom, you already mentioned, Lars Stindl. We also have to mention another player that can be deployed in an attacking position in Florian Neuhaus, and also Patrick Hermann, who's probably one of the the better distributors of the ball on this team. 
out of them, who do you look to to be the biggest playmaking threat this team has to offer? Start with Tom. Well, just out of the people you mentioned, I just have to go with, with Stindle. As I just mentioned, it's uncertain where exactly Marco Rosa will choose to employ Stindle for this one. Obviously, they have to kind of shuffle around their personnel, uh, especially considering they're playing Bayern uh, without some key players. So I would imagine he's going to play somewhat of a 10 role uh, just behind Marcus Turam. If I'm a betting man, that's probably what I'm going to say. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can ca- can count out guys like Neuhaus or uh, Hoffman, uh, perhaps even Raphael if he starts on one of the flanks. I mean, any one of those guys has the absolute ability to, you know, create something and, and turn something into something from nothing. So, uh, you know, Bayern have to be aware of all the threats. But if it's a guy I really want to highlight in addition to Turam, it's definitely going to have to be Stindl as that playmaker in that number 10 role if that's where he plays. Yeah, Stindl's a, a good pick, Tom. He obviously has fulfilled a lot of different roles over the years for Mönchengladbach when he's been healthy, and he always brings a little bit of a scoring punch to the lineup as well. I do like uh, Hermann and Florian Neuhaus a lot, especially Neuhaus. I think uh, Patrick Hermann's been a little bit more productive this season. He's got six goals and seven assists in 29 games across all competitions. But Neuhaus, I think, with his creativity and dribbling can create some problems in the midfield. It's definitely going to draw the attention of the of the Bayern double pivot. And it looks like in this one, you know, who knows how that will end up. But I'm guessing right now we're going to see both Thiago and Kimmich trying to play a role and throttling down that much in Gladbach midfield. You talk about how the team is going to line up and because there are two key absences coming into this already intense game we're gonna have to build a lineup now guys I know this isn't something that we've really looked into doing in the past but we have to do this now especially considering the fact that Robert Lewandowski and Thomas Müller both have had their fifth yellow card. They both accrued those in their last game against Bayer Leverkusen, or their last Bundesliga game against Bayer Leverkusen, and therefore they're both out for this game. So Bayern lose a key striker and a key attacking midfielder. Top that off with the fact that uh, Philippe Coutinho has been a bit injured, as well as Corentin Tolisso. Serge Gnabry might also still be recovering from an injury, so they might have a problem as well. No, Chuck, Jan Fita Arp is not good enough in order to make this team, but you look at some of these options, right? Joshua Xerxes potentially could be starting. Uh, Sarpeet Singh might actually get himself some playing time because he is an attacking midfielder. And we could even see somebody like Leon Goretzka be pushed up or maybe even Mikhail Cuisance. So guys, I want you to build me a starting 11, including a goalkeeper, that we might potentially have to see for this game. I know that some of these positions are going to be super tough. Right, like goalkeeper, who's going to fit in a goalkeeper, who knows? I don't. It's probably going to be like Ron Torben Hoffman or somebody like that. Well, it's kind of tough for me not to put Arp in the lineup here, but Jake, I'll play along and I'll keep him out of my my choice 11 here. So I'll go from the back up. I'll have Neuer, Davies, Alba, Boateng, and Pavar as my back. Uh, steadying, steadying line of the defense there. I think that those four defenders plus Neuer are going to see a lot of action. So I need that that consistency 
that they've shown so far. I want those four men in the back. I'm going to go with Kimmich and Thiago as my double pivot. I think that this is just a game without Muller and Lewandowski. You're going to need all three in the lineup, including Goretzka, who I'm pushing up into the 10 role. And I know that he's really excelled in that double pivot, but I think this is one of those times they're going to need his athleticism and his real box-to-box, no-fear, aggressive style of play. And I think that that's really the thing that's going to maybe help create some offense without Muller and Lewandowski. On the wings, I'm going to go with Ivan Perisic and Kingsley Coman. I know that's kind of uh, might sound a little bit weird at this point because that's going to push Serge Gnabry up to striker for me. I know he's injured, and I think that one of the reasons they held him out last week uh, was to make sure that he would be ready for this game. So I'm going to try and, uh, or actually on, <clears throat> excuse me, on Tuesday they held him out. But I, I'm actually thinking this is the the time that they're going to use him and focus on him in that role as the nine. He's not a traditional nine, but he has played there, including for Germany, some of their recent competitions. So I would expect that to be the lineup. I know Xerxes is a possibility, but just for this game, because Mönchengladbach has been very competitive all season, I would go with a veteran-laden lineup and probably leave some of the, uh, those youngsters on the bench to start the game. I pretty much in my mind had envisioned the exact same personnel, but you know, as funny as that is, you know, you have to kind of highlight the important pieces. Just starting from the back five, you know, Neuer, Davies, Alaba, Boateng, Pavard. I mean, Hansi Flick absolutely does not want to blow caution to the wind. I think we saw what could happen you know, in the second half against Eintracht Frankfurt and the Depe Pokal, what could happen if we alter this back line? You know, we struggled a lot when we made those changes, and that that's not something that we want to concede to Gladbach, especially when this potentially could be a title-clinching match based on results elsewhere. That back five absolutely picks itself for me until the rest of the season, uh, until we have this thing wrapped up. And even beyond that, you know, let, let's go for records. Um, in the Bundesliga as far as goals scored. You know, we're not too many goals away from breaking the single-season record, uh, so on and so forth. And the same personnel for me um, in midfield and the attacking third, but I guess I could perhaps explain it a little bit different uh, than, than Chuck had. I would kind of go with a 4-3-3 um, in that t- top three with either... I actually would say that both uh, Coman or Gnabry could play as a false nine and interchange each other on the wings. I'm thinking back, I believe it was to the 17-18 season uh, in the Champions League where Coman had played as a striker against Celtic in one of those group stage matches. I don't know why that match sticks out in my mind, but it does. I think it was the same match where Coman had scored the opener uh, and Javi Martinez uh, scored a header, uh, header, I believe, to win 2-1 to one and he got all bloodied up and was like Terry Butcher after the goal there. Um, those are the images that stick out. But nonetheless, you know, in the midfield too, that middle three, I would go with obviously Kimmich, uh, Tiago, and Goretzka. And just as Chuck had mentioned, uh, that athleticism that is going to be required from Goretzka during this, uh, as opposed to playing him as a number 10 role in this uh, sort of 4-2-3-1 that we've been utilizing, in the 4-3-3, I would kind of use both him and Thiago as sort of box-to-box midfielders because I think they've shown uh, their guys when they have the freedom to roam, roam forward, you know, they can really create, you know, unlock tight spaces, you know, dis- uh, distribute the ball uh, to players quickly, create chances. So I think that's going to be something that we're going to need to see from them with Kimmich as the anchor uh, and then the front three, obviously, of Gnabry, Perisic, 
uh, and Coman. And, and like I said, I think both Gnabry and Coman uh, have the ability to play as that false nine. You know, maybe if we shift Coman a little bit more centrally, his instincts in the final third will get a little bit better. I know we've all kind of been on his case uh, to try and make the right decision when he's in the final third. Oftentimes he does so much right, you know, to get into the right spaces, but he just doesn't choose the final product. And, you know, I hope that the uh, the goal last weekend gave him every bit of confidence uh, to go forward. But even that, um, to end the discussion, I would say even if we want to just stick with that four-two-three-one that Chuck had gone with, uh, from what it sounds like, I would have no problem just directly inserting uh, Joshua Xerxes as the striker, especially if Gnabry really is you know, still aiding that, that bruised back, you know, I would hope that Flick just kept him out uh, in the day of April call as a precaution, knowing that we have uh, this match this weekend. But nonetheless, I mean, that's what I'd go with, the same personnel as Chuck, just a, a slightly tweaked lineup. I like Chuck's lineup specifically just because I love the shape, but I would just start Xerxes over, over um, Gnabry, right? Because even if Gnabry's injury is something slight, I would want to start Xerxes, give the kid, like, the benefit of getting a start to his name, right? I don't think he's started a Bundesliga game for us, right? How great would that be for his uh, for his confidence, right? And if Gnabry is really good to go, it might be better to have him play only 30 minutes as opposed to a full 90 or even most of a game. So... I think that overall, I liked both of your ideas, though Tom, a 4-3-3 makes me think that you like La Liga, which we don't appreciate around here. Um, but before we end this episode, we're going to talk about three other games that are going to be played, funny enough, on three separate days. The Friday game this week is Hoffenheim hosting Erbe Leipzig. Saturday, or, yeah, Saturday's game... One of the earliest games is Borussia Dortmund at Fortuna Dusseldorf. And then on Sunday, it is the perennial underperformers Schalke against the historical underperformers Bayer Leverkusen. So, Beval Bay, Fortuna Dusseldorf. If Dortmund somehow lose this game at the Merkerspiel Arena, I think that's whatever sponsor has Dusseldorf's arena now. Um, the winner of... If Dusseldorf wins that game, Bayern just needs a win against Borussia Mönchengladbach, and then we have the league all wrapped up. Does it happen, yes or no? I, I can't see any way that Dortmund loses that game. I think this, this could be a route. Five or six goals, honestly. I know Dusseldorf <clears throat> is not going to want to go out like that, but I think Dortmund's got some serious firepower. And even though they know the league is shot, I think this is their time. With all the individual talent they have to put on a show for the fans, uh, especially because this will be one of the last weekends where you know the Bundesliga really has center stage in the sporting world. If I set the over-under at four and a half goals... Are you hammering the over on this one? Oh, I, I am. And, and inevitably I'll lose because that is the story of my life in gambling. But uh, yes, I would hammer that and then I would get hammered to forget that I made the bet. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be Irish coffees at Chuck's this weekend. Hell yes. I look forward to Hell it. Yes. I'm going to have to agree with both of you guys. I mean, Dortmund definitely don't want to concede or drop points uh, and A, hand us the title potentially this weekend. 
it's also important to remember, you know, Leipzig are only four points behind them. You know, Dortmund, uh, in addition to playing for pride, they don't want to concede that that second spot. I mean, that should remain the mission uh, for the rest of the season. And I guess closing the gap on us as much as they can, even though that won't really matter for any kind of silverware. But still, you know, Lucian Farva will definitely want to not concede that second spot. But, you know, you don't want to write Dusseldorf off right away. You know, they're trying to claw their way out of that um, playoff relegation spot. And they're only... What is it? Uh, two points. Um, oh, I'm sorry, three points behind Mainz. Uh, and Mainz have kind of been 50-50 in this Bundesliga restart, so you never know. Uh, Dusseldorf definitely would probably rather be in that 15th uh, or, or 14th spot instead of the 16th because they won't want to have to face the prospect of the uh, relegation playoff. Uh, so we'll see, but I'm still going to say a Dortmund win. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Please be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get your quality audio content. And we will see you next time. Auf Wiedersehen.